We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. It is that crazy time of year. We've got rumors flying, all kinds of stuff to get into. We've got the draft just a few days away right now. And we've got, of course, free agency starting up right after that in the summer of the trade. Lots and lots to dive into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's I emoji season. It's uh, I'm Jante I'm Murray. Jante Murray. <laughs> Kicked us off with uh, four sets of the uh, two two eye emojis, and uh, that no, nothing gets people fired up on Twitter more than that. I let, let me tell a quick story. I know you know this story, but I don't think uh-huh. I've told it on the show before. Uh, it was um, the week of the trade deadline. I think it was on the Tuesday before the trade deadline. I, I'm not going to say the team or the player, but it was in the visiting locker room of the Orlando Magic back when we were allowed to go in locker rooms pregame. A player came out. And he said, hey, watch this. And he gathered a bunch of teammates around him and he tweeted the eye emojis. And then they proceeded to laugh for about 20 minutes at the reactions that rolled in uh, to this. So if you think players don't know, they they know. Uh, they, they, they like to have some fun with this stuff, too. So just, uh, you know, ca- ca- caution that before you start looking at, you know, so-and-so removed everything from his, uh, see, the puppy's fired up, man. He's ready to go. <laughs> the puppy uh, is like, yes, yeah, summer of the like, trade. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, summer of the tra- hashtag, summer of the trade puppy. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they, there's a whole um, they, thing, too, before you go reading into the, you know, they took this out of the bio. They added this to the bio. All that stuff. I, you know, number one, who has time to know what these guys' bios look like before? I know. And People after, are like, oh, did you see this guy did this yeah. on there? I'm like, how did you know what it looked like beforehand? <laughs> I don't know what it looked like. I don't even know what mine looks like. It's every once in a while somebody says, what is your header picture? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Sam Henke and, and uh, Jordan Concord's uh, <laughs> from Summer League off a horrible camera phone about five or six, seven years ago. So, yeah. But anyway, summer, hashtag summer of the trade. Uh, at NBA front office show, dude, guys, every time there's a trade, throw that out there on Twitter. We'll, we'll get some, some of the trade trending. Some of the trade. That's right. That's right. Speaking of which, let's just kick things off with this. Executives around the NBA expect a lot of trades uh, for the same reason that we've been saying that, you know, there's not much out there in the free agent class. A lot of teams that want to improve that feel like they're maybe a piece, maybe two away from, from really doing something. And so that's going to incentivize teams to go out there and make deals. So we are expecting, again, this to be the summer of the trade. We've already seen a few trades go down. As I would be shocked if we if we saw no trades happen on draft night. I think there's definitely oh going to be God, yeah. there's going to be plenty of activity there. 
even leading up to it. And then afterwards, it's the next few weeks are going to be like, don't blink type season. Like, let me. So I, I made a trip to the store, not just the store, but Costco, which, you know, yeah. that's that's never a short trip. No, right? that's a yeah, that's a that's a half a day. I Plus, had, you gotta, did you do samples? Because you have to try the free samples. I didn't. I, I dodged. I dodged. This. I'm trying to slim down for summer. So, um, so I season for Trevor. In Las Vegas. <laughs> oh God! Now we, you know how many subscribers we just lost on that on that comment. or gained or gained. Let's be fair. <laughs> so, I went there and I realized what this is for us in terms of my level of panic every time I step away right now. It's like when we were kids and we would play Marco Polo in the swimming pool. And you know how you could climb out of the pool and somebody could yell fish out of water and you could get out. <laughs> yeah. Woj and Shams are the ones yelling fish out of water. And we're just praying they don't drop one of those bombs while we're away because that is just catastrophe. So I was like, you know, nervously rushing my wife along like, oh, no, 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 we got to go. We don't have time to look at that. You never know. Something could break. That's <laughs> that's the level that we're at right now in terms of the uh, the NBA season and uh I don't know, just the, the the trade fever that we're in right now. There was a couple, well, this was a while back. It was the summer Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. Everything that happened that summer literally happened while I was on my car driving to Orlando Summer League. Oh. Um, like on the drive there, like every single time, that's when, when something something broke. And uh, that's, yeah, so, but yeah, it's a, it, it is, it does feel like it's dangerous times to be away from a, a computer, especially, you know, if, you, if it's, it's, it always feels weird, but it feels so bad if it's like the teams we cover. Cause yes. if we, we got to react to it yep. and there's like, I'm in the middle of driving and all that. But anyway, but yeah, so back to the topic at hand, man, we are off the rails. Early <laughs> that's, that's where we're at today. Yeah, right. Um, executives expect lots of trades. Um, no less an authority than Tommy Shepard, president of basketball operations for the Washington Wizards, was asked, do you expect a lot of trades? And he said, I do. I think there'll be a lot of movement. Um, Mark Stein reported today, too, that there's a lot of movement. I reported that talking with teams, whether it's the draft or this summer, everybody's expecting a lot of trades. There's expected to be a lot of movement up and down the draft boards and a lot of stuff going on uh, you know, with trades throughout the offseason. So this is, this is going to be fun. There's a handful of big trade exceptions sitting out there. You've got couple of the teams on the cap space uh you know derby there and those kind of things so yeah it's 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 going to be fun and this is you know continues to be uh ammo and fodder for why we've dubbed it summer of the trade that's right that's right gonna be an exciting one can't wait to get into everything speaking of which the knicks looking to make yeah. some moves they want to try to shed some cap shed some salaries to create some cap space i wonder who they could be going after <laughs> um jaylen brunson <laughs> In, in their sites doesn't mean that they're going to get them, get them just because they're they're trading away cap space or looking to shed contracts anyway. Um, what do you think about the Knicks moving salaries? Like what salaries are you trying to move if you're in New York? Yeah, the ones that were called out, I, I think Jake Fisher was the one who detailed this the most. A couple other people have reported about the Knicks um, looking to move off some stuff. And this is not one of those where it's, well, yeah, but they've got to move seven guys to get cap space. They're they're barely over the cap. They've done a pretty good job uh, managing the, their their stuff. Um, the, the three people whose names come out most often, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, and Kemba Walker, um, all very movable contracts. Um, all are uh, – 
expiring or pseudo expiring Burks and Noel each have team options next year. So from the team side, it, it might as well be expiring. Walker is on a true expiring contract and they're all between, you know, eight and in like 11 million. So very easily movable contracts for uh, just about anybody. So um, yeah, I, you know, you move in, if you can move two of those guys and then maybe if you could do a trade for a bigger deal, like, Evan Fournier or something, then all of a sudden you're 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 in range to go chase a max free agent or two. And you know, well, not two. I shouldn't have said two, but one for sure. Um, and whether that's Jalen Brunson or if yesterday's news is to believe Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. you know, potentially. Um, you know, or what it does too is it does, well, maybe we could do a sign and trade and only have to send back a smaller salary to Dallas for Jalen Brunson or to Brooklyn for Kyrie if that's the way they want it because you could always do all right some matching salary plus our cap space is how we bring in the guys so this doesn't surprise me at all and this is why the Knicks set themselves up this way uh, to be flexible with the contracts yeah exactly so this is something that's going to be um, it, it could end up being something it could end up being that they just free up some space in order to free up space yep. you never know exactly how they will utilize or it could be nothing at all and they just roll back with the you know, a lot of the same guys too. That that's a you know option as well. But but the Knicks are they're they're in play on different stuff here, and that's you know that's it's good too. And I and I think this is this is not a uh, hey we're in play. Who's the the ninth best free agent? Let's give them a max contract uh, like the Knicks used to be. You know, years ago, like right. this is more of a you know all right. We really want to do something. We we've got a targeted guy in mind. Then let's make this, and that's what I think we're going to see uh, this week, especially leading up to the draft and then leading into free agency. Is a lot of deals arranged, even if they're not officially executed just yet, but arranged to be um, deals where it is we've got a target in mind that we feel like we're going to lock in and we're we're going to make the deal you know, in order to be able to pull that off that that's, I think what we'll see uh, quite, quite a bit of here over the next uh, week or so. Exactly. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. (laughs) Tell me I caught you off guard with that. You did. (laughs) Yes. I don't, I don't know what to read into this, but Bleacher Report just said that the Pacers have rejected an offer that would have sent them Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker for a for Malcolm Brogdon. This is from Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN. That that's where the, the Bleacher Report was getting this from. Um, and the 2026 first, which that makes no sense on the surface. First of all, that stuff doesn't add up to Malcolm Brogdon. That's a lot of salary going back. Yeah. Um, that'll be a lot of cap for the the Pacers to eat there. I don't even know if they have the ability to do that. And the 2026 first also isn't available via trade unless the Lakers were able to work something out with the Pelicans and get them to take the 2024 first and not the 2025 and give up their ability to take the 2025 first. Mm -hmm. So there's some things in there that's a little fishy just because factually it doesn't seem like that's a workable deal. But interesting nonetheless, if that was really a proposed deal, Westbrook, THT, and a first – that's a lot of stuff that you're putting together if you're the Lakers for Malcolm Brogdon. It feels like there's some pieces missing to that, but could be important in terms of the Pacers' interest and the Lakers' interest moving forward here. Yeah, I mean, it's $22 million going out on the Pacers' side, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 23 I think Brogdon might be at like 22.7, uh, but he's in that range. 
57 but what, going out on the Lakers side? I think the challenge there, though, is the Pacers can get to like 50 million between cap space and Brogdon going yeah. out. So, so that's in range, right? That's a throw one more deal in there and you're, you're there. Um, you know, to, to make it work. So, I mean, maybe ish. I, I don't, I feel like that's, gosh, that's feels like there's pieces missing to that. Yeah. They, and, and if I'm the Pacers, I probably, that that's one I would wait on, right? I don't need to do that today because there's nothing that's changing for me today. I'd, you know, let's sit on that. And there's no, if you're the Lakers, you don't need to rush that. If you're the no. Lakers, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. That, you know, you'd, you'd free a ton of cap room. Yeah, if yeah, you if you did so, I mean, we yeah, clear a lot of salary, not necessarily salary, cap room, yeah. but you clear a yeah, lot of salary. Yeah, you'd be able to use the full tax, the full uh, exact tax pyramid level, right? And so Probably. that's where it'd be close because you'd still have to fill out the roster. I'd have to run the actual math, but it would be very close. Yeah, so that. that's yeah. interesting there. But then again, that that twenty twenty six first that yeah, caught that my eye because yeah. I went either that's wrong or or. They've got something worked out with the Pelicans where the Pelicans are going to give up the ability to take the 2025 first, which, again, I don't see that as necessarily a likely scenario. My guess, I think it would be more likely that that was just incorrect and they meant 2027 or something like that versus there was some other arrangement set up with the Pelicans. Yeah, unless there was language, you know, if the Pelicans do this, then sure. you get this pick. or Otherwise, it'll be this pick or whatever. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that's a little weird, but. Yeah, interesting. I mean, interesting. I thought you were going another Bleacher Report way. Uh-oh. Um, with, Is there uh, something else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you need to play the I'm drop. I'm not going to hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, the drop almost scared me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's um, Jake Fisher had a uh, thing that says there's been consistent word among league personnel of Washington exploring various trade options for a veteran point guard with packages around the number 10 pick. So hmm. that's... You know, now here's the, I'm going to start very speculatively chaining some sure. stuff together here. Yes. The wizards need a point guard, no matter what happens with Bradley Beal. But if I'm going to trade a draft pick to go get a veteran point guard, I want to feel pretty good that I'm going to have Bradley Beal back in the fold. Otherwise I can use, I can go do a get by point guard for, a you know, year or two while I kind of rebuild this. If Beal's leaving, I continue to believe Bradley Beal is resigning Dang. there. I also think his whole I made a decision thing is like if if the decision was I'm leaving and going to any other team, boy, they, they we're gonna see some tampering stuff uh you know really raised up the flagpole with that one. So yeah, I but that's that's just my thought is um maybe they 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 do feel pretty good about Bradley Beal staying and that's that's how they're gonna going to work things going forward. Yeah, I, I do think he winds up staying. And I, I hadn't thought of the tampering angle. Yeah, if he's really announcing now that he knows what he's doing, that suggests if he goes somewhere else that there's already been communication, which, I mean, look, the NBA just took second-round picks away from the Miami Heat and mm -hmm. the Chicago Bulls for this kind of stuff. So yep. I think that is, like you said, that's a pretty strong sign that he's that he is indeed stick, sticking with Washington. Hey, before we move to our next topic, because yeah. I don't think we actually put it in the show rundown, um, we should just acknowledge um, the passing of Caleb Swanigan, yes, uh, former NBA player. Really sad news. Only 25 years old, uh, passed away. Um, I don't know if it was last night or early Tuesday. Um, it was one of the two. Um, just re really, you know, 
it's sad news. I remember meeting him at summer league, uh, his rookie year and just kind of one of those media scrums and, um, how excited he was to even be at that point of his career. Like, you know, just like, this is a great, like he was just the over the moon to be, uh, you know, playing in summer league, which is, you know, one is that's kind of cool because a lot of guys are kind of like, Oh, I got to go through this whole thing. Um, but he was like super excited. So just, you know, we're really, really sad news to, you know, um, hear of his passing. I want to make sure we acknowledge it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Terrible. I mean, the kind of, obviously you're not expecting to see something like that. Um, we got that yeah. first thing this morning. Yeah. Terrible, terrible stuff. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the Charlotte Hornets and Mike D'Antoni, a meeting of the mics. Mike yeah. D'Antoni meet, meeting with Michael Jordan. I wonder how this meeting is going to go. I mean, because he knows now he wasn't their first pick. Mm -hmm. But again, there's only so many head coaching jobs in the NBA. So can you really hold that against the Hornets if you're Mike D'Antoni and you want to be a head coach again? Um, it feels like this will probably lead to a deal if they're at that stage. Because what we heard, yeah. Kenny Atkinson was the only one to meet with Jordan and ownership, you know, all that. So Mike D'Antoni meeting with Michael Jordan, it tends to suggest that we're probably not far away from an announcement that D'Antoni will be the, the Nets head coach after Kenny Atkinson turned down the job. Yeah, and I think, too, Mike D'Antoni is uh, both um, been around long enough in just in terms of life, but in basketball and in the NBA, he's not going to let the whole, hey, you picked somebody else over me. Sure. I'll hold him back. I'm sure it'll be mentioned and it might be something. I wouldn't even be surprised if he, you know, throws it out there in his introductory press conference of, you know, hey, I'm your second choice, you know, whatever. <laughs> he you would know, make a he's joke also, about he's it. He's very funny too. Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, he for sure will joke about it, but I'm with you. Um, you know, and hey, that means the fun option back on the table of, you know, you know, let's see. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the Hornets, though. Like, you know, you got this going on, and then there's they're maybe hesitant on Miles Bridges, and you've got the Montrezl Harrell situation happening. So, And then they're trying to move salaries to, yeah, exactly. to give more money to Bridges. And, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. A lot of weird stuff going on. But uh, give me Mike D'Antoni and LaMelo Ball, and that's a pretty fun starting point for, yeah. you know, any team. And they've got some really fun small, because you know he'll play small. And if you keep Bridges, the groups of like PJ Washington, Bridges, Hayward, Rogier, and Ball, like that's that that's fun. Like that can and and I know they played some of that last year, but play that up tempo, really push pace, and those kind of things. That that can be you know a lot a lot of fun um, to see that come together. We did get a little more clarification on the Kenny Atkinson stuff oh, as yeah. well. Um, Steve Kerr kind of said at the Warriors uh, title parade uh, yesterday that you know part of it is um, his family. Um, yes. and we heard family reasons, but his kids have they've had to move around a lot. Uh, over the last uh, you know several years as he you know moved up the ladder and then changed uh, back to being an assistant after getting let go by the Nets and they wanted to stay in the Bay Area and at some point you know I've, I've I've seen it here in Orlando with coaches where it's been like you know we finally got here and once kids get to a certain age it's like we want to let them you know finish out you know their life at you know this age you know where they want to be and those kind of things so um, but it was also made very clear there's nothing which I'd speculated on, and we'll see. Um, nothing linking anything to do with Steve Kerr retiring anytime soon or Atkinson. But and Kerr also said he's very important to me, he'll be the number one assistant now with Mike Brown off to coach the Kings. And there was some concern that I saw out there that the Hornets wouldn't be willing to spend on the assistant coach hires that Atkinson would want. 
Um, and again, mm-hmm. I, I don't recall exactly who who had that. But yeah, that, I there was, too. that there was maybe some concern on that side as well. But it did seem like it was mostly the, the family situation and just not wanting to uproot everything again, which is uh, understandable. That's not easy. That's not easy to do. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I bet in the end, if we find out, we'll find out it was a little bit of a lot of things. Um, but I, I'm going to, you know, until we have reason to believe otherwise, I'm going to go with the, the family stuff. Probably trumped all for him. All right. Uh, draft odds are on the move yeah. right now. It's a little bit strange because here's the thing. Like odds don't tend to move without there being a reason, without somebody knowing something, at least move significantly anyway. Minor movement, sure. But we're starting to see Paulo Bancaro, his odds of becoming the number one pick going way up mm-hmm. like from a plus 1600 to like a plus yeah. 250 which and you mentioned i didn't see this but you mentioned to me before we went on the air here that he actually became the favorite at one point so something yep. is going on and keith you've got insight into the orlando magic organization what do you think is happening here like this is a, i don't want to say it's unprecedented but it's pretty unusual to see stuff like this happening yeah so the other day jeff waltman it is uh it might have even been yesterday but he's the for those who don't know he's the president of basketball operations for the magic he did his customary pre-draft media availability and he was asked uh you know it had been reported in the team had shared that jabari smith and chad holmgren had come in to meet with the team um and work out with the team. There had been nothing on Bancaro. He was asked specifically, has Paulo Bancaro been through? And he gave a very insightful, long answer about, you know, hey, it doesn't always benefit us or the players or anybody to release that information. And and in the end, he didn't answer the question, yes or no, which was his long answer there. So that led to some speculation. Sometimes teams put up smoke screens of, we're not going to meet with the guy we really want. I think by this point in draft week, we're all looking and grasping on any possible straw we can find for stuff. But there has been a lot of speculation and a lot of really smart draft people have started to come out and say, Van Carroll might be the most sure thing of these top three guys. And he fits Mm -hmm. kind of a need for the magic because he's probably more of a four than he is anything else in the league. And he's got, got a good skill game. He's a good passer should be eventually a pretty good shooter. Um, He can do a lot of different things. So there's a lot of stuff at play here. One thing I've learned uh, really with this uh, particular front office in Orlando, they don't leak much. They run a pretty tight ship. Not much gets out of there. They tend to operate pretty quietly um, in if you need any evidence is um, usually their draft picks aren't often one of the ones that's, you know, leaked four picks ahead, like other people's are. They're also um, their trades. Like think about the Vucevic trade there and Gordon trade come from out of the blue nowhere. Um, You know, more often than that, it's, it's from the other side, you know, that is, has kind of put stuff out there. So they, they kind of go about doing their business pretty quietly here in Orlando you can insert the joke of, yeah, because who cares, right? And I know somebody will, but it, I stole your thunder and made it for you there. Uh, people want to do that. But the reality is, I don't think anybody knows. Um, Jabari Smith is back, I think, at most books as the favorite again at the top. I tend to think that's probably where it will go um, on draft night, number one. But I think, you know, there's legitimate suspense here you know, uh, two days out two two days and, you know, four or five hours out um, from the draft that, you know, we, we still don't really fully know. So 
we talk about reading between the lines or, or trying to figure out who benefits. Could this be somebody trying to get the Rockets to do something? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It could be. I mean, because like that's that's ex- the way the, the draft is expected to fall, right? Is Jabari Smith at one, Chet Holmgren at two, and then Van Carroll following it at three. If the Rockets are really set on like, hey, at three, we're getting the guy that we would have at one, and then suddenly it's not going to be that guy that's there. Wouldn't that that could put pressure on them to do? And again, this is just me kind of spitballing sure. here, but yeah. I, that might make a little bit of sense, or just to create some uncertainty in terms of what's going to happen there and create more incentive for somebody to try to move up. My whole mindset on playing games with trading draft picks really ended in a, in a apologize because it's not to always make this the Celtics thing, but when they traded out of number one to number three and then very, made it very clear right after to anyone who would listen, we were going to take Jason Tatum number one overall. Right. Um, but we thought, you know, we can still get him at three because Philly wants faults. We, everyone under the, you know, any planet knew um, ball was going to the Lakers at two. So it was, you know, we knew we could get Tatum at three and we picked up an extra pick in the process. And I think that was a, for me, that was a, huh, you might have something there. And that was only a couple years after uh, Philly kind of snaked the magic with, we know you want Alfred Payton, so we're going to take him. And then we're going to force you to trade us something extra so you can have him because we really want to draft Dario Saric and then have him later um, come over later. So it's, it, it, I do think there is some gamesmanship here for sure, probably factoring in, but the books changing their odds. That's a little weird. That's more. That usually means yeah, something, something, you know, and in sometimes I think they just get it wrong, but other times it's, it's different. And this isn't even one of those ones where it's like, right. We know, and I'm not picking on the Lakers, but you know, the Lakers get, artificially inflated odds every year. Oh yeah. They know they're going to get a billion Lakers fans betting on the Lakers. Yep. Exactly. In the championship or whatever it is. Cause it's just how it works. There's right. you know, certain teams that can, that can move play. lines. Yeah, absolutely. And the warriors are, are the warriors. We back to that way preseason next year. Cause they, they're back to being really good. So, you know, that's just kind of the way, way some of this stuff goes, but yeah, it is, um, you know, you know, interesting with, with this. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, Certainly, you know, I'll I'll do it. I'll make the eye emojis here on the camera. I am <laughs> so yes, that's 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 where I'm at with it. it. It raised my eyebrows for sure. All right, sticking with the draft theme, uh, the Kings 
pick at number four is very much rumored to be in play. Yeah. We've heard a few different. We've heard the Hawks in on uh, number four with the Kings, but not involving John Collins. It sounds We're like flopped. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Collins, but not involving four. Yeah, right. All kinds of crazy stuff. It it feels like the top three are probably going to stay where they are unless something crazy happens between now and the drop. Which certainly, I bet if something crazy happens, it's between those three. Yeah. Versus, you know, any anybody on like jumps up into the top three. That we're Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So it looks like in terms of a big trade with somebody trading out of a pick, the Kings are probably the most likely candidate at four. Is that what the Kings should be doing? Should they be looking to to move this pick? And and it seems like they really, really want to break this playoff drought. Can they do it with a move with the number four pick? Yeah, I mean, I it's weird, right? Because I don't know what to this is the whole the draft starts at four thing mm-hmm. kind of I think coming into play here. And then you add in the fact that it is the Kings who, you know, they're probably the least predictable team um in the league as far as, you know, well, this is what they should do, but are they going right. to? Um yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this. And I think with the Kings too, they've got a lot of different things to consider. We've heard, you know, did direct from his mouth, Jaden Ivey did not work out for Sacramento. Um, mm-hmm. so it sounds like they're doing everything they can to keep him away from from the Kings. Uh, we've also heard that the Kings are didn't really care that he didn't work out because their guys Keegan Murray. Um, you know, but again, is this smokescreen stuff to, you know, hey, if you want this guy, you know, you need to trade up to get here, you know, to get him. So, you know, it could be I, maybe this is one where the Kings are like, you know, we like three or four different guys and we're okay to move back a couple picks mm-hmm. if somebody wants to come up to get Jaden Ivey. We've heard the um, Oklahoma City Thunder are dangling 12 and stuff to move up to four. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe that's something the Kings want to do. I, I, I don't, this one leaves me very like, I don't really know what to make of it because it's, you know, and I'm not trying to make fun of them, but it's, it's the Kings. I don't know that anybody feels good about predicting anything when it's Sacramento. Yeah, absolutely. It's difficult to say what the Kings are going to do exactly. And I guess it just makes for a more intriguing draft night, right? I mean, if we've got all these picks that are, uh, that are up for trade and, uh, and on the move, but Sacramento, if they find something they really like, I wouldn't be opposed to particularly because of what they've got already set up on their roster Mm -hmm depends on what they could find and what people are willing to give for the fourth pick in what's been considered a three-player draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, speaking of intriguing draft nights, spend yeah. it with us. We're going to be right. live on YouTube uh, for at least the first round. We'll, we'll probably bow out at some point in the second round because both of us will we'll have other things we're going to have to move on and do, uh, including me updating probably, hopefully, hopefully I'm not going to be negative about it. Hopefully updating a million trades and everything else. That's right. And cheats and spot track and everywhere else to get everything uh, fine tuned and ready. But, but we'll be with you guys for the first round. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we don't, uh, bad all, neither one of us pretends to be a draft expert, um, but we'll be, uh, you know, schooled up enough to talk about each pick as they kind of come in and, and, and that, and, uh, you know, there's Lord knows there's enough information all over the place. I think, I think Sam Vecini just dropped a, uh, you know, war and peace size novel That's right. uh, today, which, you know, I know I've got that queued up and I've been going Me through too. it throughout the course of the day. Um, uh, uh, draft express over on ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni and crew have got their stuff updated. I think they released another mock draft today if i remember correctly um so yeah so there's a lot of stuff out there but spend it with us we're gonna have a lot of fun uh throughout draft night uh hopefully hopefully you'll get to play the 
trade, trade drop. Yep. News. We're going to be, yeah, oh, we're going to be sick of yeah. them by the time we get through draft yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll to make be able ones. to alternate between the two. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. All, All right. right. Uh, we do have some contract options uh, yep. to get into. Uh, Corey Joseph picks up his option. Not a surprise. We, nope. We've talked about this. We were expecting yep. this to happen, but nonetheless, there it is officially picked up. Now, I don't recall on each one of these guys what their deadline. I know for a lot of guys, it's the 29th. For yep. some players, 29th it's, it's is before, the though. last day, right. to be very clear. Joseph's was actually the 28th. Okay. Uh, Detroit made all of their guys, uh, player and team options, a day earlier. Um, with that, uh, some guys we've even had some that have already done it because they were earlier uh, this week. Um, there was a couple on the twentieth that was both the greens from from uh, Denver. Uh, both of those did get picked up too. But yeah, Corey Joseph, no surprise on this one. We think we kind of knew it's five, a little over five million. That was going to be hard for him to recoup that as a free agent uh, this offseason just with the way the market is. He's also proven to be a pretty good fit but alongside Cade Cunningham and others in that backcourt in Detroit. So I think this is fine, and it doesn't prevent the Pistons from doing anything that they were going to do. Otherwise, I still have them projected as able to get to $36 million and change in cap space this offseason. And keep in mind, these guys, until they make that decision to pick up their option, they can't be traded. Correct. So that could be a factor, you know, on draft night or after, yeah. or, you know, whenever, as soon as they pick that up, then they can potentially be, be traded. If there's something that comes up, doesn't mean they're going to be just, they're eligible to be. Uh, Sfima Kailuk picks up his option. Uh, again, yeah. expected with the Toronto Raptors. And um, I don't know if he'll wind up sticking around. They might put him in a trade or something like that, but, uh, but Sfi shooter, didn't play a ton for the Raptors, but uh, and, and thus it was expected that he would take that player option and then see what he can do next season. <laughs> well done. I think Svee Mikhailuk's summer league was the first time I ever met you in person. That might have been. I think, yeah. That was uh, right. He was Lonzo's draft class, right? I believe so. Yeah, it was Tim, Lonzo, and uh, Avica Zubac. I, I remember completely falling in love with Lonzo. No, it was the next year. Was it? Yeah, yeah, he was there when Josh Hart won Summer League MVP. Oh, that was right. that okay. was Fee's right. first year. Lonzo and Zubac were together. I remember that because I remember Lonzo passing him open and That's right. making a million hit-ahead passes and stuff. I'll never forget that. Remember, that was uh, Celtics-Lakers on opening night of Summer League that year. Right. Um, before now Tatum had already played because they played in the Salt Lake City one. Right. But I remember that. I remember Thomas and Mac was full oh yeah it was full the for, the, for the two games before celtics lakers and it sounded like a playoff game in there which was which was a lot of fun for, for a bunch league. of dudes who played like you know 20 minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was great that's right um all right nicholas batum declines his player option yep not surprised again uh more valuable than, than what his contract suggests and given the overall weakness of the free agent wing market it makes sense that he would opt out. I don't yeah. think he's going anywhere. It's already been reported that you know they're looking forward to signing a new deal with the Clippers. It, that's probably going to happen, but he's just he's going to get paid more by the Clippers. Yeah, they've got his early bird options, so they'll be able to pay him uh, closer in range to you know what he could get as like the non taxpayer uh, mid level somewhere. So my my expectation is they probably give him another two, maybe three year deal. Uh, using early bird rights and and that's it one one kind of sticking point if you do use early bird rights has to be a, at least a two-year contract can't have an right. option on the second year so but i think at this point between shown enough that the clippers will be fine with that and it'll 
further add to what is uh you know going to be a giant tax bill but i don't you know as long as they're healthy i don't think they really care steve bomber has that in his in his yep. couch cushions made it there it is just like yep. that you know if i would have applied myself i could have gone to the nba you think so yeah i think so but it's just like it's been done you know i didn't want to <laughs> i was like i don't want to be a follower hi i'm jason concepcion and i'm shay serrano and we are back we have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, PJ Tucker, this one caught some people by surprise, declines his player option. He was at what, I believe it was $7.4 million, if I'm remembering correctly. Off the top uh, of my yeah, head. I think so. I think that's right. In so, that range. He declines that. I had a lot of people saying, well, why did he decline that? And, you know, a bunch of people chiming in saying, oh, could could this team get this guy? Could this team get this guy? I tend to believe that if you are a team that has the taxpayer mid-level, that $6 million-ish money to spend, I don't think you get him for that. Like, no. if he's opting out of this deal, that means he probably has heard that there's teams that will have the full mid-level exception available to him and are willing to give him that. So... I would imagine that this is an informed decision from P.J. Tucker. I'm not suggesting tampering because, of course, that never, ever, ever happens at the NBA. But I would imagine that he has a pretty good sense of what is going to be out there on the market for him and that there might be something in the range of a full mid-level exception from somebody out there. My guess is P.J. Tucker and his agent know he can get at a minimum $8 million from another team. And they also know at age 37 – Locking in an additional guaranteed year is better than one more year yes. uh, of salary. So my guess is I don't think he leaves Miami. I think he resigns with Miami. They just re-up him. Uh, might even be for the same amount that he just declined, but just resign him for that amount. They can go up to about $8.4 million is what they could pay him. Uh, but you resign him for that same amount using his non-bird rights. And then what you do is you, you give him that. And then you move, uh, add a second year onto it. Now he's got a, an additional year of, uh, you know, kind of control on his side. And, you know, because again, he's 37. It'll be 38, you know, right around the start of the playoffs. Um, you know, so that's, you're, you're, you're getting up there if you're PJ Tucker. So you're, you're starting to think, all right, I need to add years on versus maximizing the money every single year. Right, right, right. And then you're, you're at that point where it's time to make sure that you can get as much as you can and then mm-hmm. and then close things out and right off into the sunset. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing we've got for today. The Celtics uh, are willing to pay the luxury tax, which they should. Could you imagine if they said they were not willing to do that <laughs> yeah. after making the final? Like well, the uproar would. I mean, people would have lost, lost their them. minds. Yeah, yeah they would have completely lost. Rightfully it, but, so. Yeah. But they they did confirm that they are willing to pay the luxury tax as expected. Again, have a team that made it to the NBA finals. Um, are you expecting any big moves for for Boston? Um, big in maybe. relative terms. Maybe a point guard? I, what's that? A point guard, maybe? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I, I do think they'll add some form of playmaker. Um, and it might be yeah. like more of like a veteran point guard, but a guy who's very comfortable with coming off the bench. I think their biggest need is another wing, ideally a three and D wing. Um, our kind of running joke over on Celtics blog uh, Slack behind the scenes has been Danny Green from like four or five years ago would be perfect, <laughs> yeah. but that's obviously not possible. So, um, but well, that's get, get in line looking for that because yeah, right, every, exactly. Every teams are looking for that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but what I think it is is they have a seventeen point one million dollar trade exception that goes away in the middle of July. That was from mm-hmm. the Fournier sign and trade. That's kind of the last fallout from the chaining together the Hayward sign and trade. Um, and then they have the um, the. They have the taxpayer mid-level. Um, that would be about $6.4 million. Um, I think what this, though, says is, um, so what happened was Brad Stevens did his kind of regular postseason uh, meeting with the media uh, just uh, this morning on Tuesday morning, and he said, um, when asked, basically, do you have the go-ahead to use the trade exceptions? Because they also have two smaller ones that are about almost $7 million and almost $6 million too. Um, and he said, we have, we have the go-ahead to do – whatever we need to do. Um, so that's, that was kind of big. And then Wick Grousebeck, the Celtics owner did a radio appearance and he basically said, yeah, we, you know, we've said all along, we'll pay the tax for a contender. Why people had started to doubt it was, it was like, we, we are a kid, like we're in the East finals every year. Like they are a contender. Why are you not paying the tax? Like what is going on? You know, green light, the one more move and all that. And it never happened. Now, whether that was, Maybe Danny Ainge had the green light, just didn't feel like that move was there. And, and Mia Culpa, I'll raise my hand. There were times when I was like, what are we doing with these draft picks? Like, go get Jimmy Butler. Go get Paul George. And right. now those draft picks are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I'm an idiot, and I'm very happy that no one listens to me. Um, but it is, I do think, with this trade exception, because it has the big one, the other two that I mentioned, go into like the trade deadline. So those like could carry into the season. Um, I do think it's good news for Celtics fans that, you know, they're openly now saying like, yeah, go, go use these things. And I think it's very fair. So if we hit mid July, they have not used the, the, that big trade exception, not saying they get to use every dollar of it, but you know, at least, you know, eight, 9 million of it to go get a helpful player and use the mid-level exception. I think it's very fair for Celtics fans to be upset and, and angry about it. Cause I think, Yo, yeah, missed opportunity. You know, yeah, you missed opportunities there, absolutely. And and like I said, they need another wing. Um, just somebody regular season guy can take the burden off Tatum and Brown a little bit. Just you know, bring their minutes down to you know thirty six to thirty eight minutes instead of forty. Um, and then I think another big just just in case with Robert Williams, uh, I think ideally Al Horford never plays in a back to back and plays twenty five minutes a night instead of thirty minutes a night in the regular season. Do you want to get him to be? you know, very healthy going into the postseason, very well rested. So yeah, just go, you know, go, go build out that bench a little bit more, but big stuff. Like, you know, some people are like, you know, Bradley Beal or Kevin Durant or, you know, those kind of things. Let's say the, the KD stuff just is too, like, that's too much to even bother. I with. didn't even know. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh yeah. Well, it's all cause if Kyrie leaves as KD, you know, oh, I want to leave. And there's still a lot of Celtics fans that are holding to, you know, 
because because he fostered it by saying, you know, yeah, if I didn't go to the Warriors, I was going to Boston. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but that was also six years ago, and it's right really time to move on. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, so there's some of that stuff that's out there a little bit, but yeah, it's I mean, the, overall, this is good news. They're gonna gonna uh go into the luxury tax, and it wasn't even just a yeah, you know, we'll pay the luxury tax, but oh, we got to be care. This was. I don't expect they're going to be 20, 30 million yeah. into the tax. That's not going to happen. But, but yeah, but big, big, you know, giant home run swings. No, and I don't think they need to. You were in game six of the NBA finals. Flush out your depth a little bit more, rebalance some stuff, you know, and get back at it, make another run. Yep. Yeah. And again, it would be more surprising if they said we are not willing to pay the luxury tax mm-hmm. than for them to say that they that they are. But still, I mean, good for, for Celtics fans to hear just to have that confirmation that that's indeed what they will do. All right. I think that wraps things up for today. The time being, fingers. hopefully by the time I publish this, there haven't been like 50 more things that have come out. Because it's <laughs> right? possible. I saw it's a Mark Stein possible. tweet, but then I was like, okay, there isn't a, uh, there, there, it was just uh, resharing, which some stuff we talked about, you know, already. So this is, I mean, just pins, pins and needles this yeah. time of year. Pins and needles. So that's it. <laughs> never know when something's going to And if there break. is, guess what? You guys get a bonus episode because we'll come that's back right. and, and do it. <laughs> that's right that's right all right everybody make sure you do subscribe to the nba front office youtube channel don't forget to also subscribe over on apple Podcasts. give us that five-star rating and review till next time see ya and stay safe this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.